Uh, good morning. Good morning, Solid Rock family. And I want to welcome all those who are visiting and listening, maybe for the first time. Um, welcome to Solid Rock Church in our, our Sunday morning service. And uh, I want to continue in the, the theme that Pastor David has set out. Um, over the last couple months, we've been talking about the power of God. We had a great, an amazing lineup of special guest speakers. And then the last couple Sundays, Pastor David has just really given us um, powerful, powerful messages um, in regards to the power of God. And specifically last week, the power of the cross. I want to encourage uh, any of you who have missed the last couple of months and this this topic that we're we've been embarking on uh, to go to our website go to our Facebook and look at our the videos or the audio tracks and just um, just catch up and um, just enjoy the messages that we've heard so this morning um, the passage that I want to kick off with is Ephesians 6 we all probably are extremely familiar with it, so I'm not going to be spending a lot of time. I'm just going to be jumping from the passage to certain topics. Uh, it's about the armor of God. So I'm going to start by reading Ephesians 6, starting in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Then we get the how. How do we be strong in the Lord and in the power of might? Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Why? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. This morning, I want to talk the why. Why do we need the power of God in our life? First, it says to stand against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. As most of you are aware who are visiting, and again to our Solid Rock family, this has been an extremely challenging time for us. Standing against the wiles. And in many times, in standing against the wiles, the attacks of the Satan, there can be disappointment that kicks in. The, the, the word disappointment, it means to do, be displeased because a situation or outcome has failed to meet, failed to to fulfill one's hopes or expectations. Disappointment, literally, in, in terms of biblical definition of faith, is the opposite. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is this confident expectation that God's word is going to be fulfilled how we think it should be, and sometimes disappointment kicks in. And what do we do in the face of that disappointment? How do we navigate our way through disappointment? 
I know for myself, my expectation over the last five years was that Pastor Winona was going to be completely healed. That was, I had no other plan of action. I had no other, I didn't have a plan B. It was plan A. What do you do when that confident expectation doesn't happen? Many times an expectation based upon faith, it doesn't happen. And then we want to try to create an, ex, uh, an explanation. And we want to somehow explain it. Sometimes there, things cannot, the way things work out, just don't, can't be explained. I do not have an answer. Where do you go when there is no seemingly, seemingly answer to the disappointment, the failed expectation? Because our enemy, literally the wiles of the devil, is, it's his trickery. Literally, the, the word means methods of trickery. Satan wants to come along and he bombards you with thoughts, with accusations. I failed. I wasn't good enough. I didn't plan well enough. I didn't attack good enough. Somehow I failed. And he bombards us with accusations. He wants us to start thinking, okay, God failed. Somewhere God didn't answer my prayers. And we will try to justify, we will try to explain where sometimes there is no explanation. Pastor Frank Satius, the first message that we, we heard in the, in the series on God's power, made this statement. Sometimes, this is, the, we have faith, and sometimes things aren't explainable and we have to move from faith to trust. Sometimes we, we, we talk about faith being trust. And part of the definition is of, of faith is a trust in God. Sometimes you get shaken so hard and, and your faith... Is, is bombarded, and, and you, you got to move from faith just to trust. We just got to take a breath and say, okay, God, I don't understand, but I trust. I will trust you. We, we actually sing a song, when I don't understand, I'll trust you, Lord. And we can sing it sometimes, but, and it's awesome, you're in worship and you sing it, Sometimes <laughs> we have to actually put that into practice. And for myself, these last couple of months have just been, okay, God, I don't understand. Everything I've been preaching, everything I've been studying, everything I've been talking about, and everything, literally, there was no doubt in my mind what was going to happen, and then it didn't. And it rocks you to the core of your being. 
you know, you got to move from faith. And we move into this zone of covenant. God, I completely trust you. Whether I understand it, whether I can explain it, whether, whether I like it, whether I hate it, I'm going to trust you. How do we get to that point? How do we get to that point? Sometimes, as this passage says, it's not about winning. It's about the ability to stand so that you can stand when we were studying the book of Galatians the very first chapter when Paul is talking to the Galatians this is what's part of his introduction he says grace to you and peace from God our father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins so that he might rescue us from this present evil age, this present evil world. We have to understand that the present age that we're living in, this world was broken by sin. This world was broken. And when sin entered, things started happening. Sin came, evil came, and distorted, distorted what we think of as utopia, as perfection. Sin came. Jesus came and he over, Jesus came to the earth and it says that, and he said, I have overcome this world. But there is still a prince of darkness, this, the prince of the power of the air, that does not accept his defeat, that does not accept what has happened to him, the power of sin being broken, his power of his power of over death being broken. He doesn't accept it, and he wants to fight, and he kicks. Like if you've ever seen a kid that doesn't want to get out of a swimming pool and you try to drag him out, kicking and screaming. That is our adversary, the devil. He is kicking and screaming because he knows his fate. He knows that he has been defeated. But... He will not give up till that final judgment day. He will not give up. And so we are subjected to his wiles, to his schemes, to his methods. What do you do? Sometimes, sometimes in the face of that, as Ephesians 6 verse 10 and 11 says, sometimes you put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand. And if at this point in time, I know I've been doing a lot of standing. I was doing a lot of withstanding. Withstanding in, in the next few verses. Withstanding is literally attacking, resisting, objecting, going against. In this passage it says you put on the whole armor of God because there are points in time where you stand. And I know for myself, there, were t there have been times where all I've been able to do is stand. All we can do at times is stand. Going back to the book of Galatians, Paul's message at that point in time, not just the works 
the, the, uh, living according to the law and, and somehow justifying yourself by the works of the law. He, his, part of his message was, um, don't, don't just get mediocre. mediocre. Um, I, I want to I find the words that... It, it, he, was, he was talking about don't slide back into the works mentality. Don't dilute. Do not dilute the truth that Jesus Christ imparted. Do not dilute the work that he did at the cross. Don't dilute it. And sometimes, standing against the wiles of our adversary, if we're not careful, we can dilute. We can start to justify somehow this happened because this and this and this. I know for myself, and I'm just going to get personal with some of my thoughts here. Some of my thoughts were I failed. I wasn't strong enough. I didn't study enough. You, Daniel, you failed. Then my next thought was, you know, if I would have just put a little more time and effort, all of a sudden... All of a sudden, I could find myself condemning myself because I didn't work hard enough. Because I didn't put enough time, enough effort, enough Bible stuff. And pretty soon, if you're not careful in our thought processes, in trying to explain the unexplainable, we find ourselves falling back, and all of a sudden, well, it was all because of me. The disappointments. And, I, and we can go back um, just in regards to disappointments. It doesn't have to be just the situation of, of the last couple of months, the last couple of years. You in your own personal life, maybe there was a business failure that happened. Maybe a relationship breakdown. Maybe... All kinds of things. Maybe I, I haven't dealt with my emotions, my anger, my greed, my and maybe I haven't dealt, I haven't dealt, I haven't dealt, and the enemy comes with his wiles and with his schemes and he piles condemnation to be to the point where you weren't good enough. And we can fall back to works of the law in biblical terms. We fall back on justification based on who I am, what I've done, where in reality scriptural truth is it's all because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. And so in my own personal journey, the ability to stand, even just to stand, whether I uh, embarked on any new books, any new Bible studies, any of that stuff, in my own personal journey getting to the point where okay God I can't explain it I don't understand this but I will trust you I will trust what you have said your word whether I've seen it come to pass I've seen God's word come to pass. I've seen healing. I've seen incredible miracles. I've seen incredible things happen that naturally speaking shouldn't have happened. It was God's hand at work. 
I've seen it. I've tasted of it. So, Lord God, I will trust. I will trust. I will stand. I will stand. And I will not allow the accusations of the devil, my adversary. I will not allow the condemnation that he wants to heap on me. And for some of us, in different situations in our life, that standing will look different. But I want to encourage you, don't, don't fall back to personal condemnation, personal comparisons, personal shortcomings and weaknesses. Say, Lord, I may not understand this, but I'm going to continue to trust in you. As I've been thinking about my message this morning, there have been a couple, a few examples the one, the one, the first one that came to mind was the disciples following Jesus and they just finished feeding 5,000. It's the book of John chapter 6. Then Jesus refers to himself after that miracle. He says, I'm the bread of life. Then he goes into this message. This message of if you don't eat my flesh, and if you don't drink of my blood, you have no part of me. Completely over the heads of everybody. They could not understand it. They literally said, this is hard. We don't understand. And they came to a point. There's the 12 disciples. Then there's a larger group of disciples. And then there's the followers that just kind of followed Jesus as he, as he went from town to town. And there was this now this point of we do not understand. And Jesus doesn't explain. He doesn't explain, okay, 2,000 years from now they're going to be taking communion and they're, they're going to fully understand because they're going to have this little cup of juice and a little wafer of bread. And they, obviously it's not my body physically. So he doesn't explain any of it. He actually doubles down. And people start leaving. People start giving up. People start fleeing the sinking ship. Because they do not understand. They cannot explain. It finally gets to the point where there's the 12 disciples. Everybody has left. And he, Jesus doesn't even explain it to them. He says to them, are you going to leave me as well? I love Peter's explanation or answer, not ex explanation. Simon Peter answered Jesus and Lord, to whom shall we go? At first glance, it was like, he was saying we have no other options. But I love, I love the second part of his answer. Sometimes we can't explain it. I always, I, you know what, I look at myself in, in my, my own last couple months, and it, maybe it wasn't like oh, I got nothing else. 
But you know what? I've, I've seen, Lord God, I've seen what you've done. I've heard what you've said. I've seen your miracles. I've seen signs and wonders. The shaking can leave us questioning. But look at where Peter goes with his answers. Thou hast the words of eternal life. This is John 6. This is verse 68. Where else? To whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and we are sure that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter goes back to the revelation that he had received. When Jesus asked him, who do men say that I am? Peter's answer, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. At the point of no explanation, totally misunderstanding, not knowing what was going on, no explanation. Peter goes back to a foundation of revelation. He goes back to saying, I may not understand what's going on right now. I might not understand, Lord, what you just finished saying. You just rocked everybody's boat. But we still believe that you are the Christ, the Son of the living I want to challenge all of us this morning. What is your foundation? I was just chatting with Pastor Brenda this week. Foundation. Is your life built on the rock? Is your foundation a bedrock? Because it says in Luke, Luke chapter 6, Whoever cometh to me and hears my sayings and doeth them, I will show, I'll show you to whom he is like. He is a, like a man which built a house and he digged deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood arose, listen to this expression. This description and the stream, the river, the water, the storm beat vehemently. There was the house that had no foundation. It was on sand and storms of life. Things happen that we cannot explain. Relationships, health, finances, our own personal Issues that we have within ourselves. The storms can beat vehemently. But if you've laid a foundation on Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, things can happen in your life that you can't explain. I've had a few of them. And we're left with literally forsaking it all or saying, no, I trust. I trust the rock that I'm built on. 
I'm a little older than when I first sang a song, The Anchor. I sang a song, The Anchor Holds. And I look back, and, and there's one line in this song that says, um, I have been young, but I'm much older now. I remember singing this, and I was like 22. And I, I, I look back, and I, I think about my younger self saying, you have no idea what was ahead of you. And for you to say those words, I, I, I really literally think about myself back then thinking, you were just a stupid kid. <laughs> That's what I think of myself. I'm not thinking about anybody else. I'm, you, you didn't know what was going on. But fortunately, I had some good people in my life, starting with my parents and moving on, my parents-in-law, who built a foundation into my life, put my feet on a rock, a church called Solid Rock. We, we want to encourage and we try our hardest to put a foundation in a person's life, in your life, so that when the storms come, and they will, because we have an adversary who does not want you to succeed. When the storms come and they beat against you, you are left with the house disappears. What is the foundation that you're standing on? What are the roots that you have developed? And I want to encourage everyone this morning, especially the ones who have children and a young family, start building in their life a foundation. Start teaching them. Start encouraging them. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's time, effort. I actually found some notes From a long time ago. It says roots. The greatest factor in developing good roots is time. Your time in your children's life. Teaching them. Instructing them. Training them. It takes time. It takes effort. But in their life, storms will come. Things that are unexplainable. Things that we do not understand are going to beat against their foundation. Lay a foundation in your children. Build roots. Factor number one in developing roots is your time, your effort. Number two is stability. Consistency. Faithfulness. Parents, for your children's sake, be stable, consistent, and faithful to God's word, to God's house, to a good circle of strong friends. One of the, I, I wrote another thing. Good roots consist of not only your internal, but external. Family, friends, community. Stability in the family, stability in friends, stability in your community will help develop roots so that when those storms come, there are good people around them and they got good character and principles within them. The greatest factors in developing good roots is time, stability, and listen to this one, feeding them the proper 
nutrients. What? When you look at your own life, what are you feeding on? What are you giving yourself to develop within you this internal strength, this internal stability? That when storms happen, unexplainable situations happen, business failures, relationship failures, character failures, weaknesses in moments. What do you have inside you? What have you developed within you that's going to help you withstand those storms that come? In closing, the second Example that I that came to mind as I was just thinking about this subject was Joseph, 17 years old, receiving a dream, receiving a calling, receiving a destiny. And maybe he was immature, maybe when whatever the situation was. Sometimes I think it was immaturity, but then when I see what happened to him in the early days, I'm saying, okay, he wasn't actually that immature after all. But the storms that came against, the winds that beat vehemently against that destiny, against that calling, against that dream, the storms that came against Joseph that wanted that were that should have made him give up on that and say what's the use my brothers sold me into slavery they gave me a death sentence being a slave in Egypt the brothers themselves were sure that he would die and they sold him into slavery he got betrayed by his master's wife, but got sentenced to jail, got forgotten. All of these storms that came against that calling, dream, destiny. That anybody, nowadays, we would look at and say, I, you know what, take the rest of your life off. You have been through, through so much, take the rest of your life off because Wow, you've been through so much. You're a hero already. You survived. But, but Joseph stayed true. Joseph stayed strong. Joseph remained stable. Why? Listen to this line. While being tempted and drawn away by Potiphar's wife, he says, how then could I do this great evil and sin against God? How, how could I dilute? How can I draw back? How can I Turn away from God who has been with me, who has been by my side, who I've put my 
trust in. How could I do that and give up, throw it away, throw in the towel? How can I do that? And because of that conviction, because those roots in his life, that conviction went down so deep, no matter the storm that he faced, he would not, he would not turn his back on God. He would not forsake what he had been taught, what he had been instructed. He would not turn from it. And this morning, this morning, I want to just take a minute this, this morning for all of us to take a moment here. And for some of us, it's different storms, it's different situations, different areas of life. I want all of us just to take a moment. Let's just close our eyes. And let us together make this commitment. Lord, whether I understand it, whether I can explain it, whether I like it or not, Lord, I put my trust in you. I build my life on you. I put a foundation in my life, and that foundation is you. And I will not turn. And like Abraham, I will not, I stagger not. Like Joseph would not turn, would not give in. We, Lord, we commit this morning, we will not give up in the pursuit of, of the destiny that you have for us. In the face of unexplainable events, in the face of storms that life throws at us that wants to wash us away, we will stand against the schemes the methods of our adversary, the devil. We will stand. We will hold our ground against our adversary. And though shaken, all around, we will not be moved. Lord, that is our commitment. That is our declaration this morning. We will not be moved. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I want to Bless you today. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. 
The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful afternoon in this beautiful sunshine as we enjoy springtime together. God bless you.